To the debut episode of That's Movie Draft House. Uh, I am Sugarmark with Dirty Jeff. I don't know how long it's going to be till it gets old, but probably never. <laughs> and and this is a podcast for movies. Uh, we are talking about movies. We're talking about uh, we're talking about serial serial killer movies for the month of June. And uh, if you tuned into our, our our kind of a trailer trailer pod that we dropped last week, um, you'll know what movie we're going to review for each week in June. Uh, this week, we are reviewing The Clove Hitch Killer. Ah, uh, yes. It's on Netflix currently. It came out in, as, at least as of this recording, I believe Netflix has the rights to it, so it should stay there. Um, but, uh, this movie came out in 2018 and it stars Dylan McDermott. I don't know if he's related to Francis McDermott, uh, Charlie Plummer, Samantha <laughs> Mathis, just a load of people I've never heard of. I've heard the name McDermott, but I don't know that I'm familiar with Dylan McDermott. Like I looked at his IMDb and it kind of surprised me because he's this he's really young stuff. Yeah. He's this really young, handsome guy. And in this movie, he's dad bod like he full-on has dad goatee he teaches boy scouts and he just is dad he he nails it and uh it just surprised me to see his pictures on imdb i'm like this guy looks like a backstreet boy (laughs) uh i'd make it an nsync joke but i don't think that's where it should go um okay (laughs) No, just a rundown of a few, because uh, Dil- uh, Dylan McDermott is really the only actor in this that has any type of name recognition, um, and you know him from some, he was in uh, American Horror Story, uh, he's been in Law and Order, let's see. He... So if you're a TV person, which I'm not, you've probably seen or heard of him, whereas I don't watch any of those shows, so this is the first time I know of that I've seen him on screen. Yeah, he was um, he was pretty... Oh, The Practice. That's where he's known from. Uh, the... Uh, what is it? That, it was about a lawyer um, or a law firm? The Practice? Uh, I think it was on ABC for a long time. But that's where, that's where Dylan McDermott first popped up. Um, and and ever since then he's been you know he's been a mainstay he's he's not he's not a you know he's nowhere near an A-list uh leading guy but you know he's your favorite B-list B-list dude not even close to my favorite B-list you're not going to tell me who my favorite is <laughs> who is your favorite B-list guy then uh it's Leslie Hall I and you don't even know who is. she is. No, I don't know who that yeah, is. Yeah, it's because you don't watch Yo Gabba Gabba. <laughs> or you haven't heard her brilliant album, Songs in the Key of Gold. <laughs> can you can you sing me a sing me a little Yeah, bit? I've got neon blood going through my varicose veins. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll take your word for it that she's your favorite. It's good, man. Just look it up. <laughs> Make sure it's Songs in the Key of Gold, though. <laughs> so the IMDb... Uh, synopsis for this movie is a picture-perfect family is shattered when the work of a serial killer hits too close to home. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so we we are in a town. I don't remember what the town is. Doesn't matter. Uh, I think it's in Illinois or Iowa or sure. somewhere. The uh, mid the Midwest. 
And this movie takes place after an active serial killer has stopped killing. They never identified who this clove hitch killer was, but there were 10 victims that they know about. And uh, our movie is narrated by uh, the lead in the movie, who is the character's name is Tyler, played by Charlie Plummer, uh, Tyler Burnside. Uh, And the the movie starts off with him and his dad. His dad teaches uh, Dylan McDermott teaches uh, Boy Scouts and uh, his dad and him seem to have a good relationship. You know, he lets him know money's tough and he's not going to be able to go to this class he wants to go to. But uh, it establishes it's leadership camp, sir. It's not a yeah, class, leadership. It's leadership camp. Well, it's still it's a course. You don't just go camping and then leave knowing how to be a leader. I'm sure there's some training. Listen, were you a Boy Scout? No, I was a Boy Scout. I don't mean to say it like that as an offensive thing, but no, I was not. <laughs> how dare you? The closest I was to being a Boy Scout was setting fire to my front driveway. Well, I mean, were were you successful? Did you? Oh yeah, my dad came home when I was doing it. Me and my brother were making a fire, and my dad pulled in and he flipped. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, oh shit. (laughs) Uh, No, I um, so (laughs) so yeah, I was a Boy Scout, but uh, and some of this some of this movie hit kind of close to home for me is because like I'm like oh. The uh the the arrow of light ceremony, um you know and and that that's a real thing and it it was kind so of that, that closing scene that's yes. something like yes. with the sash and all that yes okay. that is that is a that is a very real because it felt culty. <laughs> well, boys, welcome Scouts. the newest member to the Order of Light. <laughs> Bring his sash. Bring in the goat for sacrifice. <laughs> Welcome to the Boy Scouts. <laughs> uh, there's a motto and everything. You have to recite it at the start of the meeting. Um, anyways, so did you get so from this very like initial scene of uh, you know old Charlie and his dad Dylan? Mm-hmm. Uh, those aren't the character names; the actor name. Um, did what kind of vibe did you get from? McDermott's character. Um, the way he's portrayed. So the movie does kind of let you know that spoilers. Now, okay, no, I'll just hold back. But basically the vibe I get is his son, Tyler is very introverted. Um, but he's also close with his dad. Like he put him in that full Nelson and his son was kind of uncomfortable with it, right. but there's just like, I think the Dylan McNervit does a great job of playing dad. Yes. And there's a scene later on where he's having the sex talk and it's great. Like he nails it. The, you know, he does dad jokes. Like the first thing he does is let's do a round of applause and he claps in a circle and it's cheesy <laughs> and bad, but that's what dads do. Um, <laughs> he like, was, I think at he one just, point in the movie, he was sitting on a couch wearing number one dad shirt. <laughs> yeah. Number one dad shirt. He's creaming them at gin rummy and sitting around cocky and, ah, your old man, you know, like I, I, he nails it. He like, if this movie doesn't go where it goes, he's a likable dad. Like the, I, I liked his little sex talk he had to have with his son. I thought it was good advice maybe not ideal advice but he's trying his best right and uh i loved his performance in this movie i think he really nailed the role yeah so i'm i'm going to come i'm going to come back to that point um but the so the movie doesn't you know it is about this clove hitch killer um and uh charlie's character uh, charlie plummer's character uh meets our one of the first initial scenes um, he's with a, a you know an attractive high school chick in a truck, um, and um, you know they're getting ready to make out, and uh, the girl finds a like a, a pick a folded up picture of like bondage of a woman in bondage. Yeah, uh, like and, bondage porn. Yeah, and um, and she finds it like in the crack between the door and the seat or underneath the seat, whichever one. Yeah, and, and this truck is one that uh, it's Tyler dad's. had borrowed from his dad. But right. he tells the girl to impress her that it's his truck. Right. And right. so 
the girl finds it. She opens up the picture, and she's she is you know all offended, um, and the yep. mood completely changes. Uh, she's like, "Oh, just take me home." When originally you thought, "Yo, he was gonna get lucky." He was. He was, was because she was asking how to put the seat back, right? And that's how she found the the let the, right. the the picture. The picture, right? And so. Um, from that moment on, and that sets the uh, sets into motion the events for the entire film, um, is because the girl ends up texting, uh, I guess, a friend of hers that you know uh, that you know Charlie's character is a is a uh, pervert. Yeah, um, and, and uh, it gets it, also, it gets around. Yeah, and it sets in motion the. Uh, first seeds of doubt he has about his dad, just kind of questioning, knowing right. it's his dad's truck. Why right. is this in your truck? Right. And so, um, and that's when he meets uh, uh, Samantha, Samantha Mathis's character. I forget her name. What is her name? Um, the... No, Samantha Mathis is his wife. Oh. Damn it. Madi- uh, Madison Beatty or Beatty? Beatty, yeah. I wish IMDb didn't do that. Um,. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, so Madison Beatty is a, uh, she's also an outcast type, uh, girl in school. And, uh, I get, I I got the, uh, which is baloney. Let me tell you something. Okay. You can be like the worst kind of person. And if you're good looking in high school, you will not be an outcast. Now we should also mention there is a heavy emphasis on faith. Uh, the religious Religion. yeah uh beliefs of this community like they all go to the same church and yeah. one of the best characters in this movie because he's just insufferable is billy who's played by lance chantilly's warrants who is uh tyler's best friend charlie's best friend and he is the most self-righteous like guy like there's the scene where they're t- spreading rumors about uh casey who is this character that's kind of an outcast uh and he would says you know i heard that she does this and she sleeps with guys or whatever we should pray for her or call the cops which <laughs> was just a great line <laughs> but that's also a very bible belt dude they nailed it yeah no it the, the movie does have this super so and I know it's not even a quiet emphasis. It's a it's a large emphasis on on the aspect of religion, and the over, kind of like the cloud hanging over the movie, um, of religion. And that's mm-hmm. you know that's why I have so many issues with it. But the oh uh, we can get into that. Yeah yeah yeah. So um, so long story short, uh, Tyler and Cassie. Uh, they, they befriend each other because they're both these outcasts now, you know, Tyler was outcast because everybody thinks he's a pervert now and nobody wants to talk to him because everybody's religious and they think that he's got pictures of bondage porn and, you know, all this. Um, so they, and- they specifically, uh, bond because they both share a, a large interest in Clovehitch killer. Well, right. And so that's, that's, that's how, um, that's how they befriend each other is that uh, Tyler's character knows from just word on the streets that Cassie's character is this clove hitch killer obsessed, you know, girl. And that's all she cares about. And, you know, uh, that's why she's been outcast. And the rumors spread about her is because she just lives and breathes trying to figure out who the clove hitch killer is. Um, and so he, you know, he goes up to her and he's like, Hey, he goes. I want to. I want to learn about the Clove Hitch Killer, but he really wants to learn what she knows is because he's starting to think that his dad might be the Clove Hitch Killer, right? And this is not unfounded because one of the scenes that leads him to go to her is his dad has a shed out back that's locked with a classic combination lock you would have put on a locker in high school. Uh, he sneaks in there and finds a box uh, full of like hunting magazines. Then on the bottom are several bondage magazines, as well as a Polaroid photo of Nora, I think her name is. Uh, And it says Lucky's favorite. And that's really when he starts to suspect that his dad might be Clovehitch, because frankly, this is some weird stuff you've got here. And and the movie never really hides 
the aspect of who the Clovage killer is. I, I, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, but, I mean it, 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 it never it never leaves it up to suspicion. Um, you know, there's it, a point. It, it always about halfway it, through the movie where they clearly tell you who it is. Right and, before that, but it always all pointed. You, it always pointed. All yes. everything pointed to uh, Tyler's dad. Right, and, um, and there was but, there was no other person that was even in view for the no, audience to think that it could be. There was uh, their injured brother-in-law. Yes. Uh, uh, so they have a, a, a brother-in-law who apparently the story is that he attempted suicide and basically failed. And now he is an invalid. Uh, yeah. I apologize. I don't know the proper term, but he's not capable of functioning and take caring of himself. And the, when the, one of the things that they find underneath when he brings in, uh, why am I blanking on her name? Casey is in that same area where he found that box earlier. It had disappeared. Uh, but there was a map underneath that looked like it led to some sort of torture dungeon. And when he followed it, it ended up being under his house where he found another box filled with even more damning evidence of the driver's licenses for several of the women. Like there were 13 of them. There were 10 known victims, but there were 13 driver's license. There were photos, basically everything you would mementos. need to convict someone. They, 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 yeah. they, were, they were, you know, mementos, you know, typically a serial killer will take something of the victim uh, to reminisce over. And that's what apparently the Clovich killer was doing is just taking yeah. the driver's license. And now do you, um, do you know, Anything about serial killers in general? Are you like I mean, you ever read? I I mean I know. I, I mean I don't I don't know like intricate type stuff. So, but I I mean I've never studied a steer, a serial killer. So. Well, no, not so much study, but basically Clovehitch's mo uh, is very much tied to the BTK killer. Um, the 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 way he. Uh, tortures and and binds and uh his mo in this movie his modus operandi is Mm -hmm. directly pulled from btk and uh even to the point there's a scene where he dresses up uh and wears a mask and takes photos of himself to kind of recreate these killings uh that's right out of btk's book yeah and you know we should mention that the 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 word clove hitch alludes to the type of knot um, that the killer is using to tie up, or no, I'm sorry, uh, the type of knot that was left at right. the scene of of the killings, and that gives even like more credence not. to uh, Dylan McDermott's characters because right. he is a scout leader, and what do Boy Scouts learn how to do is tie knots, and yeah. So think of it kind of like the Wet Bandits from Home Alone. It's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're beating around the bush but basically yeah. dylan mcdermott is clove hitch they uh there's a point um midway through the movie where uh basically the tables kind of turn because initially tyler's saying i'm pretty sure my dad is clove hitch and casey's saying no dumb dumb he's not and then there's a point where the tables kind of turn where he's convinced that his dad isn't Clove Hitch. And, and she's that, like, no, dum-dum, he is, <laughs> you know? And that's where the movie starts to fall apart. Um, it, it, you know, this is a this is not a, your, your a, this is not your, your Oscar film, okay? Um, this is a l- lower budget uh, film that's, that's done relatively well. Um, and if it wasn't for Dylan McDermott, this movie would be atrocious to me. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he definitely he, he, he is gravitating. Yeah, no, right. He every scene he is in, he owned. I mean, he absolutely owns it. There, uh, he's, he's funny. Like he's yeah. funny, even when they're like, well, late in the movie, there's like a scene where he's actually capturing a woman, and like he talks about his back hurting, and he's like so believable as this friendly guy, even when he's, he's telling this person a lie to get them to follow him or whatever, uh, you know, but he can turn on a dime. His performance is great. I think. Yeah, no, absolutely. It is. He's the best part. It, he's offset by his son, Tyler, who is one note. 
nothing changes. He is very one note. And, but there's a certain, there's certain decisions made throughout the the movie that I'm just like, what? So yes, when um, we get to the ending, I will definitely start to agree with you. (laughs) Well, you know, about uh, midway through, um, uh, Tyler's dad, uh, he, he tells Tyler, Hey, we're going, um, we're going to, we're going to go camping and, uh, we're going to get your rifle badge or whatever it is. Um, and so he, the tension in the movie alludes to that Dylan McDermott's character knows that Charlie Plummer's character has been snooping and has found, you know, evidence that Dylan McDermott is the Clovich killer. Um, and so while they're going to this campsite in the woods, uh, you know, Tyler's dad is walking behind him with the rifle and, you know, the camera pans and he's, he's blurred out, but you can tell that Tyler is, you know, in fear. Um, oh, yeah. and, and he, a, he thinks he's about to die. So, so they get to the campsite and McDermott tells, you know, Tyler, Hey, I know, uh. I know you've. I know you know. Or he says something like, "Who did you tell?" Or "Did you tell anybody?" Yeah, who did you tell? Um, and he's like, "I don't know what you're talking about." Right. And, and so then the the conversation goes to, well, it was your uncle your Rudy. uncle, um, and you know how would that look to our family? And we have to do what's right for our family, and this and that. Um, and so I just kept it and hid hid the evidence because I didn't want uh, the family name to you know. Uh, be dragged through the mud. Right. Which is foreshadowing. <sighs> right. So then old Charlie tells, tells his dad, well, you either get rid of the evidence or you turn yourself in. Um, and so, and so Dylan McDermott goes, oh, we'll get rid of the evidence. <laughs> and, and it shows them burning the evidence. Right. And, and so, that that whole decision filmmaking decision there that's a that's a directorial writing thing i'm like why that doesn't oh, make that any sense that wasn't my biggest problem that doesn't <laughs> no no that wasn't my biggest problem but that up, up to that point that was like yeah. that i was like wait a minute those never came back up the evidence in the movie never came back up later on in the movie yeah it does not not in like the aspect of of the police um, well, yeah, but that that because the police never have to get involved. Spoilers, but he he burns that stuff, and then later you find out. I'm not trying to jump around, but there's a reason. I mean, it does come up again, but it basically eliminates that part, that loose end, right? So now, because it's setting up towards this ending, which is my biggest problem with the movie, but oh, that scene I was fine with because he believes his dad, you know. And again, Dylan McDermott is very convincing. You know, he uh, is great uh, doing that scene talking about it wasn't me. And I know that it wasn't me. And it convinces his son. Sure. And I, I, I get that. I just I think the the writing and how it, you know, what the director decided to do with the script in that moment just was uh, it was kind of a baffling choice um it's because you know mcdermott could have taken his son up to the mountain or an end of the forest and said hey if you tell anybody i'm gonna kill you um you know but instead and that would have to me that would have given further credence that man this dude he's one unhinged and two he ain't the good guy you think he is um but instead, but then he... that would give everything away because up until that point, though, we're not even though like we know where it's going. Right. You're never under the illusion that it's right. not Dylan McDermott. Right. Even though he says, hey, it was your uncle Roy. Right. You're still like, yeah, that doesn't make sense from because at the end of the day, if that's the case, you don't have much of a movie on your hands. Um, well, I think. But, they still don't unveil that Dylan McDermott is the killer. It's still at least somewhat of a mystery. And I think they, they miss the opportunity there is because obviously McDermott is carrying your movie. That's why he's in the movie um, is to play this role. And I just feel like the, 
you don't give you don't give that character the uh, I guess the story it deserves based on the title of the movie um, by him beating around the bush for you know ah. three quarters of the movie. That's so that's movie, my personal gripe. Right, and, but this movie's not a bloody. No, it's not. Like it's not here to shock you uh, with violence. I mean, no. there is violence, but it's not. Most of the worst of it is off screen. Um, like all the most of the killings have happened before this movie's uh, setting. Um, so I, that again, that scene wasn't too bothersome to me. But that's the point where he just starts to back his dad. And Casey flips and says, no, I'm starting to think that it is him. And she goes and finds the underground place where that box was. Of course, everything there had been destroyed. And they have a discussion. You know, are you sure that your dad is not Clovich? How comfortable are you with that? And you find out in this scene that Casey's mom mm-hmm. uh, was killed by Clovich. Right. And she says her mom's first name and Tyler knows the last name because he saw it on one of the driver's licenses in uh, the in that box. And I'm guessing that maybe she her mom was one of the not known uh, victims. So that's that's why it shook her, because the reason I think that she wasn't known is because they've spent so much time studying the known victims mm-hmm. in her room with that. There's like a person who wrote a book about Clovich and they spend a lot of time going through that author's notes. And so I think that her mom, Casey's mom is one of the unknown victims yet. She's always suspected that Clovich had killed her mom. Right. And then you find out because that driver's license is in that box that yes, indeed she is. And that's when she says, are you sure your dad isn't, Clovich, and that's when he decides they're going to find out for sure. Yeah, and, uh, and so more questionable, I guess, story arc moments is, you know, Charlie, uh, the family decides to send Charlie to uh, leadership leadership course camp after all. Um, and that's really Dylan McDermott's way of getting rid of Charlie for a while. Um and so, so he can kill again. That's, I mean, that's that's why he 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 wants Charlie to go. He sends his wife and his daughter away uh, to their mom's house. Um, you know, under the auspice of I got so much work, and but then we'll come. I'll come up and meet auspice. you guys. Whew, let me look that up. Um, <laughs> it's the first word of the day. Um, the but he 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 sends everybody away to carry out his his uh, his need I guess to kill again um, and he begins to stalk a, another victim and char by you know he sets so he, you're skipping one of the like big scenes okay right so he after so he sends Tyler and we keep saying Tyler and Charlie but he sends his son to leadership camp that he said he couldn't afford. And then he asks his wife if she wants to go visit her mom with their daughter. And then he says, no, I can't get time off. You guys go ahead. And this is a way that he can isolate himself and have the house to himself. And he spends his time dressing up as a woman, putting a mask on, putting a wig on, putting himself in bondage situations, and then taking pictures of it, which again, that's right out of the BTK killers book. He gets frustrated. He's on his bed because he has all these pictures that he's taken. Uh, Cassie at one point shows up and uh, he takes a picture of her. Nothing salacious, but he is given off full creep vibes at this point. Um, and, you know, her dad calls and he leaves. He goes into his room looking at these Polaroids. And he, I guess he's hoping to be sexually gratified in some way. And they don't do it for him. And he throws a fit. Mm. And that's when he starts stalking this woman he meets yeah, he at the grocery store. <laughs> so the, the the story there being that yeah. that um, having these mementos he had were helping him keep this in check, this killing in check, because it's been ten years since the last victim, and so when they got rid of these things and burnt them, that's when this desire came back for him to actually go out and kill. Yeah, and he. The character stalks the lady that he met in the grocery store back to back to her house, 
he goes as far to like break into her house, kind of scout it out beforehand. And then, you know, one day she's at home asleep on her couch. He, uh, he shows up and he tells her a story that, you know, I just robbed a bank in town and I'm running from the cops and I just need your car. Well, that's her, his way of getting her keys. Um, you know, and then, uh, and then he tells her that, oh, I got to tie you up. So, you know, then you can't like, call the police. My or favorite part of this movie. Um, right. And I hope it's yours too. But uh, literally uh, uh, for me, jaw dropping moment. And I say literally because <laughs> my mouth fell open. I was like, oh, shit. He ties up this woman and she's screaming and she's got a gag in her mouth. So she's got these muffled cries. He puts a bag over her head and he sits down and starts taking pictures. And in the background, you see a head bob out from behind the doorway holding a gun. And it's his son, Tyler. And my mouth dropped. I was like, oh, shit. Okay, so... It, that was a that was a good moment for you. Oh or? yes, really? Yeah, because I didn't uh. I didn't see it coming. I was like, oh, this is getting good. Something's going to go down now. He's now confronting his dad about being a serial killer. He has found out beyond a shadow of a doubt that his dad is Clove Hitch, and now he has a gun trained on his dad. And he says, "Is she okay?" And then we get a cut. We go back in time, and, that's- and so. So, poor, ster- poor storytelling. That's terrible. Listen, listen, your man, what's his face? What's that dumb guy you like? Tarantino. He does this garbage all the time, telling stuff out of order. So they, <laughs> so they from that point where he goes to camp, where Tyler goes to camp, we're seeing this story from when Tyler goes to camp to when he is confronted by his son at this woman's house from Dylan McDermott's perspective. And then the next remaining portion of the movie is all told from Tyler's perspective. Yeah. I just, I feel like anytime, anytime a movie drops something out of the blue and then has to go back and explain it, it's poor storytelling. Um, so you and, don't like, no, I didn't like that. He showed up. You know, what I mean to say, blue. you don't like Tarantino. No, T- Tarantino does it better. No, okay, so your problem... He tells, he tells the So your problem better. isn't the fact that it goes back in time. It's the way no. it was pulled off in this movie. Because, yes, it's because Tarantino was, does it in Jackie right. Brown a lot. But there, in this movie, there's no reason that Tyler would have showed up at this lady's house. Um, and to even know where she lived, to even go in the he house. He follows her dad. He follows his right. dad. But there was no need... To tell the story the way it was told in this movie, uh, there's no, there was no need. Again, to, this is to, not my objection to the movie. No, and and, and and it's not my biggest objection either. But I just, I didn't agree with it. I didn't agree it's because what it does is ultimately it says, "Hey, audience, um, we just pulled a fast one on you. Let's go back and explain it." Um, and essentially, it just fills in the gaps of storytelling that the director just didn't want to tell in the first place no Um, good lord so they kept it secret again this is tarantino he wrote the book on this okay you withhold that evidence as a way of giving you that oh his son is in the house moment and then they go back and explain how he got there so that guys like you can't be like well they didn't explain it well here they've explained it and you're not happy about it no it's but it's it's not it's not a to here it's a convenience point Oh come on! In Tarantino's movie, it's You're actually part that of the it's story. Convenient. It is part of the story. You're gonna have to point out it to me in a Tarantino movie. Why what he did is better than what's done here? Maybe the story isn't told as well, but the reason they do it is just as valid to me as anything in uh, Pulp Fiction, which is the most overrated movie of all time. Uh, you know, Don't Jackie you Brown's start. great. Don't you start. Listen, he has like three good it. movies, two we're of which are called it. Kill Bill. We're not doing it. We're, we're going to do an entire month Oh, of Quentin Tarantino movies. And both of mine will be Kill Bill. Because <laughs> I, the, Kill Bill and Jackie Brown are the only things. Although, I like Django. But that is Did a you see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Heck no. My oh, buddy see, Jason I think, saw I think that would be. Awful. I think that would, that would be one of your favorites. If you no, no way. Uh, well, so, then I know which one... 
which one of mine is. We're digressing then. I'll quit. All right, you give me that. I'm quitting. All right, we're one weekend. Bring Keith back Elliot. <laughs> Jason showed me a clip. He's like, hey, he because he kept showing me these long sequences of nothing happening in Once Upon a Time, and he's like, hey, Brad Pitt just told DiCaprio he's going to go fix the satellite dish. And the next thing he shows me is Brad Pitt fixing his satellite fixing the dish. satellite dish. <laughs> what? And you're complaining about this movie? And you think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is good? Get out of here. Anyways. All right. So, uh, yeah, that was one of my gripes. So let's just, all right, let's dive into the ending. Yes, because this is where I, up until this very, very end, I, I'm, I'm enjoying the movie. Now, I will say, to back you up a bit, when... Like he trains his gun on his dad and then they go back. It does take some of the tension of that scene away. And because it's a really tense moment and then we slow way down and we have to build back up to the same moment again. And it doesn't have the same gumption it does the first time. Right. Uh, So I I can get behind that. Right. Um, But he he trains it on his gun and his uh, Dylan McDermott again just smashing it his countenance changes and you can see the look in his eyes that this is a dangerous man he looks back at his son and says what are you doing here he's not defensive i mean he does offer a a reason for this in a moment but he immediately is like what are you doing why are you here and uh you know he makes the excuse that hey me and this woman are having an affair we're just freaky and and he tries to say hey your girl's blade is is twisting your mind and she goes to run for the gun that uh, Dylan had, Dylan McDermott had placed on a counter. He grabs her and then just slams her into the wall. Just a vicious brush, and she's out. That that, that brush fit the the title of the pod. Um, what? You sounded like a uh, like a German man. Ah, yes, brush, brush. <laughs> but like, and it, so he smashes her talks his son into giving up his gun and he says haven't i told you son you don't aim a weapon unless you tend to use it he aims the son, the gun at tyler and pulls the trigger and all you yeah, get that's, is a, that's a good that's a good scene probably the best scene in the entire movie it's a click right click yeah and then probably the best nothing. scene in the entire movie yeah because you're like at that moment you're like not only is he a serial killer but now he's, he's willing, willing to kill to, his son to kill his own son yeah. And they, they get in a fight, and he starts choking Tyler, uh, and Cassie is able to come to and bludgeons Dylan McDermott uh, until he's unconscious. Again, you don't really see it. Uh, it he's kind of behind the bed. and uh, So the movie, I really think, is just trying to push that PG-13 line as, as much as they can and still be about a serial killer. And I think they do it relatively well. But then, as Cassie's about to call the police, Tyler stops her. And this is where I'm like, what? And it's not because I didn't think it fit Tyler's character. I think it does, but it doesn't fit Cassie's character. Right. A- absolutely. Because Cassie is the whole time trying yep. to find Clovehitch. Her mom yep. has been killed by Clovehitch. Yep. And I did not buy it. No. And it's, I, it's, for, a, it's a terrible choice. It's yes. a terrible story, storytelling choice. It, it's absolutely. I, it killed uh, what up until that point had been very enjoyable. Um, and then like you, we go to this, uh, few, like basically you find out that Dylan McDermott's gone missing and it, there's actually, it kind of goes back to some really good storytelling where you see his wife is not only having to deal with the loss of her husband, who's gone missing. She's also having to now provide for the family. Right. And she has a job to go to. And they do this scene where her daughter's complaining, I want pancakes. And she's like, well, don't you worry, oatmeal, oatmeal is pancakes yeah. that Big Bird shot out, which is a great line. <laughs> and she's like, listen, honey, I just need you to be good for me today. And her daughter goes, okay. Like, And I just thought it was a great piece of scene. It's a great way of showing the the pain here, right? And I think it, it, it had a realistic portrayal of what happened. Sure, sure. And she but- gets a phone call that her dad... Or not her dad, but that her husband had been found and he was dead. But how did he die? Right. So th- there's a scene where he uh, Tyler's in his bedroom and his mom comes in 
And she says, the police wanted to talk with you. I said, they couldn't. But they don't think what happened to your dad was an accident. Do you understand? And he says, they think someone killed him because someone did. And he go, she goes, no, no, no. They just think with his training and gun safety, there's no way it was an accident. They think he killed himself. Well, they cut to him, Dylan McGurvin being dragged by both Cassie and Tyler. And uh, they tape him up and shoot him, basically, or make him shoot himself. So it looks like suicide. And then we have this memorial that is apparently this order of light cult thing that Mark is a part of. And uh, they honor his dad. He tells his dad he loves him and they cut to credits. Just wholly it's, unsatisfying. It's a shitty ending. It's a Absolutely. shitty ending. It, um, it, it, and it honestly, it didn't fit either character, either uh, Char- um, Tyler or Cassie. I and, could see Tyler protecting his family, right? I, I get it. And they, they establish, like I said, that foreshadowing of his dad saying that he was protecting the family. He didn't want to bring dishonor on him. And that made an impact on Tyler, who saw the reason behind that, whatever good or bad, and made the same decision, um, even though the motives were completely different. So I get that. I just, just for me, Cassie the whole time is this gung-ho, independent young woman and she's doesn't like Tyler is a tag along. He is a beta through and through. He just, yeah. okay, where are we going? All right. What's happening. He just doesn't have the same level of leadership and uh, gumption or whatever you want to call it. She's the one who drives everything and there's no way she wouldn't call the cops. I, I'm just sorry. Or sh- or shoot him herself. Um, and I think that that's a complete, you know, waste of time. Ultimately, it, what it did is it 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 shit on the the character arc or and or character building that the movie was doing um, with both of their characters, and it just kind of said, "No, nah, we're gonna we're gonna make this about Tyler's family," um, and and I just I didn't agree with it. That's uh, yeah. To me, the 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 movie. It would have been okay had there been a satisfying ending, um, it, but this ending was n- neither satisfying nor was it believable. Um, yeah. and and that's why I I I this I don't I don't recommend this one at all. Now I have one other performance we haven't talked about. Um, okay. In this movie, and is it the boy, pastor? Oh my gosh, does he nail it or what? Right, he. <laughs> Like, so Tyler gets in a fight with his friend. And that's another scene that's so, what the fuck? Uh, (laughs) How would would Dylan McDermott not come out in the hallway? Yeah, exactly. And yeah, that was a a bad scene. And she brings all these photos. Right. I thought that's what was going to happen. That's in the other room. Right. But then they get in a fight. There's a scene. He gets taken to the pastor's office. And he goes, I just got one question for you. Where's Tyler Burnside? <laughs> what? Where's Tyler Burnside? Because the Tyler I know wouldn't resort to violence to settle his disputes. Okay, I get it. Pastor Hendy, I'm Tyler. Boy, he just nails it. He <laughs> nails that just youth leader dripping with self-righteous. Like I, It made me anxious because it felt so real. And I, uh, it was well done. That's the thing. We talked about the religious portions of this and I really think, and I go to church. Okay. And not all churches are like this, but I've been in churches where that sort of over the top, like we're better than you kind of self-righteousness comes out. In your face. Yeah. And you see it in, uh, his friend, Billy, uh, and you know, just, they nail that part for me and it, it looked very realistic. And I think that part of it was like, wow, cause there's a lot to like here. Dylan McDermott's awesome. And I, this is the only the other, thing. Well, and I, I thought the betrayal <laughs> of this church family made a lot of sense too, because again, bouncing back to BTK, he was a leader in his church. Yeah. Right. So I, that's one thing you could almost say is a knock because they pull so much from that story and then just put enough of a twist on it. 
Um, but uh, I just think they nailed those two aspects. Dylan McDermott and, and the church life uh, of a family like this, um, I think they kind of smashed. Because there's a point where uh, Dylan, uh, Tyler's on the computer researching Clovehitch. And his mom comes out of her room, sees him on the computer. He quickly closes the laptop lid. And she's like, what are you doing? He goes, nothing, just finishing up some for school. I'm very disappointed in you. And right. she thinks he's looking at porn. And I just loved that scene. I loved that that mistake. <laughs> like, that's what you assume, right? You just, right, right. Uh, my well, teenage I think, I think boy, anybody, anybody, anybody that grew up with a computer probably had the same uh same experience maybe yeah uh, and so no it um so i mean all right so would you would you recommend this one um you know like it's hard to say yes because the first 45 minutes are enjoyable and they the dylan mcdermott's performance is excellent and to go through your life not having seen it it's kind of like uh that's kind of hard because I could see him going on to do bigger and better things because uh, he, he's awesome in this. But, yeah, it's the letdown you feel when you get to the end is it makes you wonder why you watch the movie in the first place. Plus, it has this over the top sepia tone. I hate this tone of movie where it's just always overcast out and it's just you know what I mean? I just it doesn't yeah. feel like real life. So I would say I would not recommend it. No. But I don't regret watching it either. I've watched it twice, actually, because when we were going to re-record, I was like, let me let me watch it one more time from the yeah. perspective of knowing for sure that Dylan McDermott is Cliff Hitch. Oh, okay. And also knowing that I'm going to be let down. So when the scene <laughs> came back again where he stops her from calling 911, I'm like, it doesn't sting as much. Uh, but I, like, it's also tough to say there's that moment, which now has been spoiled for you, so there'd be no point in watching it where he tucks out of the wall, the hallway while his dad is doing this murder. And it, I was like, Whoa, like just totally sideswiped. And I uh, thought that was a good moment too. So, but it, it's, it's not great by any means. Yeah. If you're part of the Dylan McDermott fan club, this movie's for you. Um, if you're looking for a, a good movie, not it. Um, if you're looking for a movie that's going to tell a compelling story, not it. And uh, I mean, it's not not compelling. I mean, the idea for the story of a kid that suspects his dad is a serial killer is a good just pitch. Right? Sure, you go sure. to the studio. This is what I'm going to do. Yeah. It's like that's a good pitch. Um, so I think there were a lot of pieces here that really worked. Uh, but trying not to repeat myself you know yeah. but i've said no. what works and what doesn't right. and we uh, largely I'm... agree on this one um yeah yeah i'm not gonna recommend it either so um so yeah hey so what are we watching next week so this is editing room jeff here uh at this point i start to tell you what we're gonna watch for the next episode but i completely say the wrong movie mark doesn't catch it so I go through the entire ending of the show saying we're going to watch Monster. We're not going to watch Monster next. That's in two weeks. We're going to watch The Voices with Ryan Reynolds next. So watch that movie. Don't watch Monster yet. Do what you want. You're an adult. Anyway, back to the rest of the show. So wait, so uh should m mention, I uh, probably should have mentioned this at the beginning of this podcast, but uh we're so each month we're gonna we're gonna feature a different um artist, a musical artist, uh, a band, a uh singer, hip hop, whatever, it doesn't matter. Um but we're gonna we're gonna feature them and we're and they're gonna be lesser known um in hopes that we can we can kind of maybe maybe uh, help help them. What you mean to get... say is we're going to ride on their coattails? Yeah, sure, absolutely. Okay. I mean, if if <laughs> if uh, you know, if anybody can do it big, uh, riding the coattails of our podcast. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll flip it and ride their their coattails to bigger and we'll, better. But... We'll flip it and reverse it or whatever. <laughs> 
<laughs> Missy Elliott will not be one of the uh, one of the artists no. that we feature. She would be quite <laughs> upset. <laughs> but uh, we will each month we'll feature somebody different. Um, so if you have any artists that you think are deserving of more listens, more ears, uh, shoot us a uh, a tweet. Uh, we're on, on Twitter at uh, Draft Movie House H A U S. Uh, you can also uh, email us at dosmoviedraft at gmail.com. Yeah, and so each month we'll feature somebody different. This month is a uh, alt-indie band uh, by the name of Causa. Um, you know, so if uh, you can find them on all your streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple, uh, Apple Music. Now, I noticed when I looked them up, there's another band person maybe with a similar name but a totally different style of music yeah. uh, so the album in particular is called uh learn to fall yeah yeah it is it's learn to fall it's their it's their debut uh, i guess you would call it an ep um but uh they're alt indie and they're at the beginning of their our intro and outro and uh they'll be with us for the for the june the june episodes and then we'll transition to uh to somebody else uh so I just wanted to throw that out there and, and make sure we, uh, we get... And you can catch all the links in our show notes, by the way. Oh, absolutely. All right, well, we'll catch you guys next week, then. See ya. Every time you blink, you're losing And whenever it slips, you're